This morning, somebody we've heard of many, many times from an organization that we not only have heard of, but one that we've grown to admire um, since we initially were informed about it, is in our studio live this morning at JM in the AM. Rav Dudi Winkler uh, leads a uh, an organization, a group, uh, an important segment of... Um, of IDF and Yeshiva Life in Israel called Lev Lachayal, a supportive home and spiritual center for lone soldiers of the IDF. Rav Dudi Winkler, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning, Nachum. Where are you from originally? Israel. So you were born in Israel. Born in Israel. Your English is pretty good, I must say. I guess I watched too many movies when I was young. <laughs> And we here on this side of the world are under the impression that the lone soldiers, and really all the soldiers to a degree in the IDF, uh, are well taken care of, have people who worry about them, who feel responsible for them, who make sure that their free time is utilized in a positive fashion, whatever that means, whether they're in a yeshiva environment or not. Uh, and there are many great organizations, I have a feeling you'd agree with that, that really do raise money for, for things that lone soldiers and groups of soldiers need in Israel, whether it be supplies or activities during free time, etc., etc., etc. With all that in mind, why is Lev Lachayal necessary? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, I'm very happy that you asked. The uh, There's a lot of organizations over there. There's uh, There's... Organizations that give them money, that give them uh, food and uh, open restaurants, free time, Correct. weekends, Correct. Uh, give them free backpacks and stuff. A lot of organizations. They all do good stuff, great stuff, and we refer the guys to go to these places. But I would like to ask you, if you had a son who would leave home, leave America, and come to Israel and join the IDF, what would be the most important thing that you would think of that he would need, that you would like him to have? Uh, a family to associate with, to spend some time with, to feel at home uh, with, I would guess. Exactly. So that's, I think this is where our program is very unique. I, I'll tell you a story. Uh, I was a shaliach in Melbourne, Australia for three years. And we did an exhibition there on uh, the two kids of Miriam Peretz. Very famous. She got the Israel Award. She lost, people know that she lost two sons. Right. And... Uh, we did a live, a beautiful exhibition on on her story, and when we came back to Israel, I uh, we presented a book with photos of the uh, community of Melbourne being excited and thrilled and an emotion. They, they got very emotional about the whole story. It was it was a beautiful exhibition. We came back, and she asked everyone, "What are you doing nowadays?" When you came back to Israel from your shvichut, and I told her I uh, I started a lone soldier program, and she yelled at me. She screamed at me. She's like, "This is not Jewish." There's no such thing as a lone soldier. The concept of being lone in Judaism is, is unbearable. You can't have that. You've got to change the name. So the truth is, this is a challenge that I have over the, fast, over the last five years because I'm, I'm looking for a different name or maybe no longer lone soldiers <laughs> program. But, uh, but you're correct, meaning what I would like to have my son, if he were to be a lone soldier, is to have a family, to have a home, to have somebody to take care of him as, as if I was there right. because I would be 6,000 miles away. Right. And uh, I think this is what's unique with us in a way that we also provide them with the food and we also take them to the train and we also give them psychological preparation. We have a psychologist on staff that prepares them with a pre-army program. 
We give them physical training. Every, all the elements that there is a group that gives physical training as well. There's a group that gives them food. Well, the they're, army they're, itself, I would hope, gives physical right, training. Right, but yeah. you know, when you come from overseas right. and you're not used to, so it's you think uh, you got to be a Rambo. You, you right. got to get yourself ready <laughs> in order not to get anxiety from what's, what's expected from you. Right. So, uh, so we give them all that. But the thing is, besides the home that we give them and the food and everything, we make sure that they have not just one family, but a community. They have a community, they have an oven and bite in each and every single lone soldier home that we have that makes sure to make sure to, to know when they're coming back from base, to have them over all for a meal on Shabbat, right. to have host families in the community for them. And I myself, I go travel and visit them on bases and being in touch with them and their parents as a father. All right, let's 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 slow down for a minute because we, we, you've given a lot of information here. And remember, a lot of people listening are completely unfamiliar with this. Number one, does the Army know you're doing this? The Army know I'm doing this. I'm uh, in touch with the uh, security, with the Ministry of uh, Defense. And uh, with that being said, I also help the guys to process all the bureaucracy and, uh, okay. and the paperwork. So there's, no, so there's no doubt that even the Army, even those who are ultimately responsible for supervising these young people, they're familiar with the, the, with the fact that you want to help out and that you are, in fact, helping them out you know, to whatever degree you can. Definitely. Okay. Then you mentioned that the, you know, about this family environment. We, when we first heard about Leva Chayal, which was before Mayor Fertig and his family informed us about your work, when we first heard about it, we, we were given the impression that there's a yeshiva in Israel called Leiv HaTorah, which I'm sure many people in this audience have heard of. Um, Harno for Beit Shemesh? Ramad Beit Shemesh. Ramad Beit Shemesh. And at Leiv HaTorah, there is a program, meaning what we were told was if you want to send your son to the army, here's an opportunity to send him to the army and at the same time have him connected to a yeshiva and to people like you who will feel, because they are part of the yeshiva, a responsibility to you know care for them and follow up with them and make sure that they are well provided for. Is, is, is my description as accurate as yours? It's accurate for the very beginning of the program. It came, the need for the program came for the guys. We had every single year at Levator. Levator exists for 17 years. And there were always guys who wanted to go to the army and after And every yeshiva? single year we had three, four, five, six guys Collect who wanted to go to the army. And this is being replicated in many other yeshivot as well, right? Yeah. Where, where there, students decide to stay. Yeah, for sure. There's a few other right. yeshivot that have three, four, five, six guys every single year that want to go to the army. Now, in our case, the uh, the guys who went to the army, we, we look after our boys even when they go back to the States, to right. Wayut or secular colleges all over. And the guys who stayed in Israel felt that there is a need for more of a support, more of a preparation. And they called us, they called the yeshiva to take initiative and put together a program that, first of all, prepares them for their challenges, but also will help them to deal with all the bureaucracy. It's, you know, you're, you're not used to deal with Israeli offices. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, you need an Israeli like myself to, uh, to be able to speak the language and know the terminology. And how long does that process take? They're doing that type of orientation and preparation that you'd prefer to give them for a month, two months, three months, how long are they doing this with you? So we normally take guys who are finished Shana Aleph. They go to Israel for a year. And we ask them, we, we tell them that in order to get ready for the army, spiritual, physical, mental, we want them to come back for Shana Bet. And this goes for half a year. Right. It goes from beginning of September till the March draft. Right. That's the ultimate course. And uh, the, the process actually starts when they come back Shana Bet because then we have to send in all the paperwork. They go to their Tzav Rishon. The first time they meet an army officer and they're being evaluated on physical, mental, spiritual, and also have an Hebrew test. That's also one of the challenges that right. we have to deal with. Good to know the language. Exactly. And uh, that's November time. And uh, because our guys 
wanted to be in a religious environment. You know, you, you've spent a year in yeshiva. You're coming from a from home. You want to be, you want to feel safe. Sure. So uh, we have... Safe uh, physically and spiritually. Physically and spiritually. To be in a, in a spiritual environment right. and to grow through the army, to use the army, because normally people think, oh, people, you know, get off the derech in the army. So, uh, so we... You, you've we, seen plenty of success cases in the army, uh, as long as people are supervised properly and have what they need. Yes, but more than that, more than the thing is that the guys, we, we looked at the guys and we asked them, what do you want? What's the need? And they said, we want to start with Klalisa, with everybody. We don't want to be secluded. So at some point at the very beginning, they were in Haredi units right. because they wanted to be without girls and to have Mahadrin food and everything. Right. But then they said, we want to be also with Klalisa. So we want to be in Hezder because Hezder actually are units that are made of yeshiva boys coming from all over Israel, all of the yeshivot Hezder. And at the same time, they're served with Klalis with everybody. Right. Is Leif HaTorah a Hezder Yeshiva? Leif HaTorah became a Hezder Yeshiva last year. We were grant two years it took us and to... And that helps in this whole effort, obviously. Helps a lot because Hezder is huge. They right. have thousands of soldiers going in every single year. So we use them as well. I use the army on one hand. On the other hand, I use the connections of Hezder to get into bases. They are in touch directly with the heads of the bases, and they get me in. So now a young soldier from the U.S. could essentially decide if they want to be in a Hezder program or one like you described earlier what they call Nachacharidi, right? They could essentially have, have a choice at this point, right? Exactly. If they want to stay under your auspices, so to speak. We take care of everybody. Right. If a guy doesn't want to do Hezder, he right. wants to go into an elite unit, I'll take care right. of him. If a guy wants to do Haredi unit because he uh, he cannot get into Hezder because of the level of his Hebrew, right. I'll help him get through the uh, Haredi unit. Rav Dudi Winkler is here. Um, every Israeli youngster, and I guess in this case we could say men and those women who want to join the army alike, um, are familiar their entire lives with the procedures of getting into the army. Here, as you described, an American kid comes, many of them not realizing in their first year that they're going to end up with this desire at the end of the first year to enter the army, uh, and they have zero familiarity with what the process is like and what the procedures are and how this whole thing works. So just that, forget all the other stuff for a moment, just that, that you're there to help them in that whole process and in, in trying to orient them to what every Israeli knows innately it seems is a wonderful service but then of course it continues as you described you know much 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 later and further than that it's uh it's completely correct it has two elements my son for example my my I have three older sons uh, they start the process Israelis start the process when they're in 11th grade wow so they're already in the system imagine a guy that comes Shanalif he doesn't he's not in the system he's not in because he's American right then when he uh, when he gets to uh, to Israel, he has to be put into the uh, IDF, Misrad Apnim, Misrad Abitachon, all these offices. He has to get into the system. It takes three to four months to get him in, and it's a very, very stressful process because you have to be on it at every single moment to make sure that the name is correct and the, and the documents are there. And they have to come with certain documents and uh and be approved by the army, and everything in the army has to have three signatures. So that's that's why it's very important. The guys who do it by themselves very often go uh, they they go suffer through a lot of frustration because they don't get back to me. Why don't they go don't don't get back to me? It's not like a thing that you click and, and right. you see that all the application is ready. Right. No one is chasing after you. You know, you call us, we don't call you, and that's frustrating. And at the same time, also for the parents, I, I sat with a couple of parents now when I came for this visit. 
And uh, the parents also have this anxiety because they, they're unaware. Mm-hmm. They're unaware of the rights of the kids. They don't know that once a year they're allowed to come back and one trip that they come back home for a month is paid by the army. Right. So they don't know that they have one day off every single month to take care of their things. They don't know that every four months they have a week off. Right, but so- it goes beyond that. A parent who hears from their child that everything is fine, they sit and wonder, is everything really fine? Here they at least know that you're there to you know to make sure everything is fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I tell the parents that I'm... I'm I'm 24-7 available. Right. Uh, the truth is I go to sleep a little bit, but uh, very often in certain parts of the training for three to six months, the, the guys don't have their phones on right. on them right. all day, maybe for an hour at night, sometimes to go for a week without their phones. Right. And therefore, when I have the, uh, the contact info of their, of their commanders, which I make sure I have before the guys draft into the army, if the guys were this last week, there was this whole uh, rockets falling, and the yeah. guys on Sunday were on their way to their base. And when they went to base, their parents were asleep. When they got to base, their parents woke up, but they didn't have their phones on. Right. And they started calling me like, what's going on? Did they make it to, uh, to their bases? <sighs> but I have the contact info of the commander. So I asked the commander, please send me a message. I can let, because Israelis don't have this problem, but Americans, they don't, they don't realize that we're yeah. in a different time zone. Yeah. So I was there to contact the commanders and let the parents know your, your kids are safe. They're back on base. Your own children have completed the army or have started? Where are your own... Uh... My my oldest my oldest son is in Shir Aleph in uh, Yerucham Yeshivat is there start. and he's gonna, next year he's going to go to the army. Uh, Rabbi um, uh, Dudi Winkler is here. Leva Chayal is a supportive home and spiritual center for lone soldiers of the IDF. Can you explain? And really, this question would be if you'd be able to sp- stay a lot longer, frankly. But let's get into it a little bit. Can you explain why the American student who you meet at Leva Torah? who has gone through the traditional Yeshiva League high schools, as I call them, and I take great pride in that segment of our Orthodox community. I just, you know, have a, a, a special affinity to those schools and camps that are in that, uh, I mean summer camps, <laughs> not, not ideological camps, that are in that segment. Can you explain how it is that they decide after a few weeks of being at Lev HaTorah, for instance, that they are going to serve in the Israeli army? It's a... Uh... Uh, that's a serious question. Uh, I normally say in the army, people went to the army know that in the army everything goes in threes. So uh, there's three groups of guys. Right. There are these guys that came from a Zionist home. They went to the Zionist camp, Zionist high school, yeshiva high school, and they met all these shlichim that came to all these uh, Bnei Akiva or other camps, and, and they're just waiting to come to Israel. And their parents are very supportive of that. So they're coming with the ideology that they want. That's what they want to do. That's their dream, living the dream. That's what they want to do. And that's beautiful. That's amazing. And that's, that's kind of easy to work with because it's, it's the bureaucracy, but it's not working on the mental and psychological aspect. Then you have group two. The second group are a group of guys that came, came to Israel. Again, they went through the whole system over here, as you described before. But, um, you know, gap year was cool. It was fun. It was away from home. They really don't want to go back to college. They really don't want to make their minds of what they want to do. And together with that, you know, telling their parents, oh, we really don't want to go back to college. They're going to come out as losers. So at least, you know, they say, you know, we want to, we want to serve the country. So it's not that they're going there lechatchila, right. but, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's the best of, uh, of the two options, whether to go back and search for what to do or to uh, start living in Israel and trying to, uh, to serve in the IDF. The third group, a group of people that come from either divorced parents, uh, uh, they lost difficult pa- family situation, difficult family financial situation, and it's easier for them to start over on the other side of the world, so to speak. They think it's easier, right? And uh, for them, the army is an escape, right? And that's where uh, that's where we uh, we step in for this group and the second group, 
And uh, we spe- when we started the program, we insisted to have a psychologist on staff because, you know, you're not running from anxiety, from, from right. horrible background right. to a place which has a lot of stress and a lot of pressure because sometimes it's very risky, as we know, when it comes to, uh, you know, soldiers who committed suicide. So the rates of lone soldiers is very, very, very high. So right. they're at risk. And uh, we're familiar with this. And this is exactly why when, we, when I asked you before, what would you like your if your son were to go – I would like my son to know that he has somebody there for him. That when he, when he's at risk, when he feels that he's lost, that there's no, he doesn't, he doesn't stand what what he's being told to do. He's frustrated. He got stuck on base. Somebody there is turn. a there is a parent. There is a a mentor. There's somebody there for him. Not just a home to go back to, but a figure, a person. Levachayal.org is a great resource to get information about Robert Winkler's program. Levachayal. Years ago, a friend of mine called me to tell me that his son was accepted into the Israeli army. And I wished him a mazal tov, and I heard on the other side of the phone that he was somewhat hesitant. I said, is everything okay? He goes, well, you know, we, we taught our kids to be Zionists, and we took them to the right parades and demonstrations and t- told them how to act in terms of Washington, etc. cetera. Uh, we wanted our kids to be Zionists, but not this Zionist. <laughs> like, so you can appreciate that, right, where parents are coming from. <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. They legitimately it. worry about their children, and of course they should. So at least you're there to step in and uh, – and help out in that vein. Listen, we can pull out that you know if their if their kids make it into the army, they finish the army, they have great Hebrew, they go to college. Right. A lot of parents like to know that then when they make Aliyah, they get uh, free education and right. free uh, and free college. And so, it's, and it's not just the Hebrew and the and and some of the things you just mentioned. It's also a a, a very positive educational experience. I mean, when when you are able to serve in an army unit. And not everybody gets this because in our community, of course, you know, it's not the positives of the army are, are often neglected to to be mentioned. Uh, but there are skills, and there are you know, uh, uh, and there are th- uh, things one can incorporate into their own lives, which only help when they get married, when they have their own families, when they pursue work, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure you've seen that a million times. There's few parents that uh, that told me that they're really, really thrilled about their kids going to the army. It's like, what's the reason? Is it Eretz No, they're completely messed up. ADHD. Right. They don't discipline. They're, they're discipline, right. and they're looking forward for it. And I've seen that. You know, guys that I've seen having problems waking up in the morning, right. coming to Shachris, coming to Shirim. And they got no they, choice. <laughs> now, no. When they come back from the army, they're the first at Minion. They come earlier. They used to wake up now, and they have discipline, and and it's important for them. And uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think I think also uh, when it comes to uh, what you gain from the army, you um, you believe in yourself. Right. You, you they set self confidence. They, they set themselves for goals. You know, every after two months, three months, they get their hashba'a. They swear in, so they have accomplished something. They get their tag, and they do stuff for that. Life they, is all goal driven. If only certain segments of our community would understand that life is goal driven, and when you have a a course of study, or as you just said, you know, certain accomplishments that you are aiming toward, and you're able to look back and say, "I've now done this. Now it's time to do this." It's uh, it's a much different learning experience. And like I say, I wish certain the segments of our of our community understood that. Where is the Leva Chayal House for Lone Soldiers? So we have three houses. Three wow, homes. that must be expensive to maintain. Yeah, we have. Uh, we've started uh, with with two apartments that we uh, rented from uh, from the landlords and uh, the in Beit Shemesh in Ramat Beit Shemesh across the street from the yeshiva. Wow! So when they come back home, how many can accommodate? 
Uh, right now, with the third house that we just bought, uh, they can accommodate up to 28 chayalim. Wow. And we have 28 chayalim in the neighborhood. We have 38 altogether in the army at the moment. Some of them, after a year, year and a half, moved out to Givat Shmuel, to Yerushalayim, to live on their own. They come back for weekends sometimes and they want to spend Shabbatonim with us. And I still go visit them on bases. But at the same time, at the moment, we have room for 28 guys. The boys and- currently in Leif HaTorah must get tremendous influence from them. I mean, it, I would guess. Yom Azikaron, imagine Yom Azikaron yeah. night, the guys got, the, the soldiers, many of the soldiers got off, a lot of them stayed on base, but many of them got off because they have to, the following, they have to stand by graves and, re- and right. respect the, uh, the families of right. the fallen soldiers. And they came back early, they let them out early. And the first thing a soldier that comes back home wants to do is to get rid of his uniform and, and take a bath. And I, I text them all and I said, listen, we've got a mission here. The mission is to come to the yeshiva for the tekkes at 8 o'clock before the siren. And, uh, and you're coming with your weapons, with your guns, with your representative uniform, and you're showing, you're giving, you're a role model now for the next generation of those who, uh, who might follow your footsteps. And the truth is, they, uh, they all did, and they came, two of them spoke before the siren. We had like five minutes before the siren went on. And, uh, and they spoke to, uh, to all the other Talmudim of what's their experience of what Yom HaZikaron is, is for them. They come back for Shabbatot. Sometimes they come and eat in the yeshiva. And, uh, and we, we're going to have a Shabbaton soon when guys are going to come from other yeshivot. And that's where it's not just Leva Torah. Right. At the beginning, we start with Leva Torah students. But now, people from other yeshivot that knows that here with us, they're going to have somebody to take care of them and run through the bureaucracy with them, but also take care of them. And that's when you mentioned uh, David Ferdig before. He didn't go to Leva Torah for Shana Aleph. He went to a different yeshiva. And, uh, and I shmo- he knew that... The yeshiva that he went to would not necessarily be supportive or help him through the process. He came to us. It's hard. It's very hard for guys to come in Shir Bet, Shana Bet, to our yeshiva to integrate with guys who spend the whole year together. But we work very hard. We try very hard to get them together into a group, into unity, to bond together. And uh, with this new house, it was it was beautiful because you saw how they, when we bought the house, they were all excited about it. Like, are you going to make it? Are you going to... F- you know, make the monies, get the monies to buy the house. We took some loans. We, we This is why I'm here in America right now, fundraising for the uh, completion of, of paying back the loans for the house. But uh, we got the house from a divorced family. They had to paint it. The uh, community police officers heard about the whole project, and 15 police officers came to paint it together with our boys. They were working together, designing together. They're involved with every single aspect of what beds we're going to get, what closets we're going to get. It's like building your own home. And then when, when David Fertig comes back, and after a week he says, this is a place I want to come back to. This is a place I can call home. So it's, for me, it's, it's a lot of nachas. Unbelievable. Rav Dudi Winkler is here. Lev Lechayal, a supportive home and spiritual center for lone soldiers of the IDF. Well, you mentioned the the money's necessary, and frankly, as these boys keep coming back and, and as they continue to become you know, deeper and deeper role models for the younger men who are in your yeshiva and other yeshivas, you're going to need a lot more than 28 beds. <laughs> you're going to need a lot, agreed, more, a lot more accommodations because... It's only going to increase the interest that the young people are going to have for going to the army. First of all, I help guys from other places as well, right. those who don't go through us. Secular people, girls called me and, and their parents asked me to help them to go through the system. And I help everyone who wants to uh, draft into the army and uh, get himself guided through the whole procedure. Uh, at the same time, we should know that you mentioned at the very beginning, Lone soldiers has lots of uh, benefits. Right. They, they don't just have the salary of a regular Israeli. They have a salary on top of that, and also on top of that, they, uh, they get uh, 1,300 shekels, 
which are given to them if they show a rental contract. That's for rent and utilities. So at the moment, as you mentioned before, if we have to rent these places and we get their fridges full and their, their cabinets full with food and we host them for Shabbatot and we get them into meals and we go visit them on basis, we hire oven and bite, right. the expenses are huge and therefore it doesn't break even. And that's what we had to, uh, to fundraise a lot. Now with a new home, we came with a new strategy, which is we're going to seek out to the parent body and to our friends in the United States, in Canada, in Australia, which we have in, in South Africa. We have soldiers from all over the place, and we're going to seek for the community's help to help us to buy the real estate because once now we have a house, the rental money that comes to us actually allows us to, uh, to go ahead. And that's the way where we can just break even and even be able to give more to these guys. So now we have two houses that we rent and one that we own, but we're looking forward to break out tomorrow. There's going to be a Hanukkah Tabayit in Beit Shemesh. I'm going to make it. The mayor, the new mayor, the revolutionary mayor of, of Beit Shemesh. Has she been cooperative? Yeah, Aliza Bloch is going to be there tomorrow. She wants to take initiative and be part of it because that's the pride of Beit Shemesh, that they have Hezdi Yeshiva now and they have a large Datilomi community, and she wants to be involved. And uh, we're going to get the, the, uh, the area, the city, you know, on board, and uh, and our goal is actually to uh, to at the end of the day put together a campus, a campus that the city is going to give us the place, the 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 the, the grounds, and uh, we're going to have to fund the monies, and then the money that comes from the army for the rent will help us to uh, sustain the program. It'll be a peaceful Hanukkah Tabayit, right? It's be a very the the whole community is is invited in. I say that because sometimes the people who like to cause trouble get all the attention. People should realize that the support for your yeshiva, for so many yeshivot and institutions and so many wonderful soldiers and community members there in uh, Beit Shemesh, Ramat Beit Shemesh is amazing, and people have to focus on that and not the other things. So Yeah, they're aware and they want to come. There's a lot of ladies in the community that, that come weekly. There's a, there's an angel in the community, Yudas Shemroth. I just have to mention her. She uh, Five years ago, we had a, a soldier and uh, he, 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 came, he became famous because he went to the army, he made Aliyah, he was in the paratroopers, he finished the army, we brought him back to Yeshiva as a madrich, he got engaged, and he was diagnosed with cancer two weeks after his engagement. And uh, I was supposed to be Masada Kiddushin at his wedding. He, he ended up being back here in America in Sloan Kettering to go through uh, treatments. I came here to visit him when, uh, when he was taking, during the treatments, and he, uh, thank God, you know, came back on his feet, and uh, he's back in Israel. The wedding was a couple of months ago. I did wow. the wedding. Awesome. And, uh, and Yehudis, when she, uh, when she got to know Mendel, this uh, Mendel Gordon here from Brooklyn, she, uh, she decided she's going to be a mother. And she got him everything, everything. Then she realized there's 10 of them. Now she knows there's 28 of them. She gives them a call every, every, every Thursday, every Friday. I'm going shopping right now. What else do you need? She gets them all the, all the pinukim, all the spoiling. Things. She gets them things that I don't get, uh, all the drinks and snacks. <laughs> and then I, I, wish I, would, uh, alone, I wish I would be a lone soldier. And, uh, and she, together with myself, go and take them and rotate, take them shuttles to the, uh, to the train. Because, again, the bus to the train from Ramah Bichemish takes 40 minutes. On a, in a car, it's seven, eight minutes. And every minute counts yeah, on a Sunday or Friday. So working on it together, and we're looking to, uh, to expand and to get more people in the community involved. All right. Um, we're way behind schedule. we we got to get to the point, and the point is that if anybody in this audience wants to help Leiv uh, Chayal, how do they do it? What, what should they do in order to uh, either support the, uh, the new building, as you described, the new apartment, or in general, if they want to donate and help in this, in this regular effort, as round-the-clock effort to help the Israeli soldiers? 
Okay, so first of all, you can go online on levlachayal.org, and uh, there's a donation uh, link over Simple there. Simple as that. Simple as that. And But, uh, you know, I think that I'm looking for partners. I think that it's not just about, you know, you, you can go to a parlor meeting and end up getting checks from people, and it's very nice. Sometimes it's a feeling of, we, we like it, we support it, let's move on. There's a lot of orga- organizations out there. I'm looking for partners. I, I want people to, same as I think of loan soldiers my entire life. Somebody asked me, if you had like $15, $20 million in your bank account, what would you be doing? So maybe five, ten years ago, I would say I would go back to yeshivas and learn, you know, and uh, and support my children. Now I know that I'm going to do that, but I'm going to keep on doing what I do because this is my dream, to get those guys that come from Chutz Arts and want to serve in the army to do what they do. So that's and, my and dream. The, and those who have significant money, who want to be your partner, can literally help you build these apartments and homes and take care of lone soldiers. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah, buy, buying a home in yeah. Malabi Chemish costs somewhere around six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars That's to buy a home. Uh, but, uh, but regardless, if a person, you know, not every person is, is out there to say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a million. I'm going to name the program, you know, and dedicate the program to, to allow us to give even more and get cars and more staff to support the guys. But if a person wants to, to feel connected, and I want f- people to feel connected to what we do, is, is to set up, you know, when I, I have two organizations in Israel, I'm, I'm a big fan of them, and I, I give them a monthly uh, donation, and I follow up what they do. I want to be part of it. I want to see what they do. So you, you go on Facebook, or you, uh, when you give a donation, you give us your contact info, and we'll send you monthly updates with photos, with messages, that you feel that you're part of the, uh, the Geula of Am Yisrael and the return of the Am Yisrael back to its land. All right. Um, Rav Dodi Winkler, we could do this for a lot longer, and I am inviting you back again to spend time and discuss more of these topics with us. Today, though, after this uh, wonderful conversation, I am asking our listeners, those who want to support lone soldiers and become a partner with Rabbi Winkler in this incredible effort, just go to the website, lavelachayal.org, lavelachayal.org. Dot org and to donate as generously as you can. Thank you for taking care of our boys and all the other members of uh, the Jewish nation that you're taking care of, those who are not from Orthodox homes, those who are women, as you as you mentioned, and others. Uh, but certainly thanks for taking care of our boys. And uh, let them know, transmit a message to them from Nahum Siegel, if you will, that it's because of them that we are able to live in freedom and luxury in places like this, not just in Israel, where it's obvious, of course, because they're protecting the land and the state. But let them know that we, that we, some of us, know that we are only able to live the life that we have here because of their efforts. And I thank you very much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me today. I'll be very happy to come back. And whenever you come to Israel, anybody who's listening to this program, to, to the show right now, whenever you come to Israel, you want to see. You want to see the things that happen. You want to co- you're going to go. You want to go- come visit our soldiers and, uh, and show them your gratitude and hakarata tov. You're more than welcome. Just be in touch with me. Find me on Facebook. You can find my contact info on the website. I'm always available for you. Tadarabah. Kolakavod. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM. <laughs>